This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, the uh, legal tampering period, um, which I guess I don't really understand uh, why we even have a legal tampering period. Why not just start uh, free agency a few days early? Because that's, in essence, what it is. You get a chance to talk a couple of days early and agree to a contract, but you can't officially sign it until the, the, the start of the new league year. Having said that, um, where did the Lions accomplish what you thought they should accomplish in free agency? Well, I, and obviously it's still ongoing, but um, I think a big focus has obviously been, you know, bringing back some of their core guys that are already on the team. Tracy Walker, uh, Anzalone, you know, they signed Josh Reynolds to a two-year deal. Yeah, Charles um, Harris. Charles Harris just got re-signed to a two-year deal who – uh, really had a nice season last year. Uh, that that seemed to be their big focus, trying to attain those guys, uh, retain those guys. Um, I like what they did with DJ Chark. I think it's yeah. a win-win for both. Uh, Chark obviously missing, uh, I think it was 12 games last season with a broken foot and had some yeah. other issues going on. Still a young player. Um, you know, I think he was made a Pro Bowl his second year over 1,000 2019, yards. 2019, yeah. Yeah, over 1,000 yards, eight or nine touchdowns. Had a nice season. He can be a guy that, uh, I, I think, look, if you're if your chart coming in here, you're probably, um, his agent probably told him, look, we should do a one-year deal, right? You're coming off an injury. I don't think anybody's going to offer you a four- or five-year long-term contract. Take the one-year deal. Uh, try to get, um, you know, back on the same, you know, uh, <clears throat> performance level you were a couple years ago and, and it's and, fully guaranteed yeah, and hit free agency again when you're you know 26 27 however old he'll be next year um and for the lions it's you get a chance to uh you know you, you take a chance on a, on a young player who's had a lot of production in this league um you know you get him for relatively cheap for the year uh, but you also get a chance to take a look at him up close i mean is this a guy that they think they can um, maybe have future plans for 
uh, maybe keep DJ around for a while and be yep. a number one, number two type receiver. Um, so nothing splashy with them, which I don't think we really expected. Um, I think maybe it would have been different if the Aaron Rodgers news last week was different. Right, if the division opens up a little bit, now you have a chance to go sign a couple uh, of these high-profile guys that maybe you think you can compete this year for the division. Uh, It probably would have been different, but no, I like I I like the fact that they uh, they seem to be um, staying the course. Right, I I think everybody knew uh, this time last year that this was probably going to be a two, three, maybe four-year type rebuild. And they're in year two of that. And uh, I think they're sticking the course. Um, it'll be interesting, though. I mean, I know there's free agency still isn't done. Uh, a lot of these contracts that get agreed to, you know, during this legal tampering period, I think they can actually start signing them uh, Wednesday today at like four o'clock. Right. Um, but free agency still isn't done. But there's a lot of there's a lot of veterans still out there. Um, you know, you take a look at Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Bobby Wagner, uh you know, Stephon Gilmore, are they going to make a run at any of those guys? I don't think so because those are probably still going to be your one, maybe two-year deals for yeah. veteran guys. Are those guys really going to make an impact by the time you're ready to compete for the division? Probably not. So, um, But, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, <clears throat> they made their own guys a priority, and Tracy Walker being one of them because Tracy's coming off a, a, of a really good year. Um, he developed into – kind of the bell cow for the defense last year. Um, I like how he developed as a safety. You know, not, only, not only covered. Healthy. Yeah, he stayed healthy, but man, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> standing on the sideline last year and just watching the games, I mean, he, that dude lays wood, man. <laughs> that dude, that dude he brings, brings it. He brings the wood, man, and he had some hits last year that were like, whoa, and that's that's just what you need out of a defense, right? Kind of kind of get everybody going, get some juice on that side of the ball. So overall, I like what they've done. I don't, I don't really expect to see a whole lot more splashy contracts, though. I think everything's yeah. going to be, hey, if you can get a couple more DJ Chark-type guys, maybe young players who have had injury issues, you can get them on a deal. Maybe fill in the roster that way. I, I, I could see that happening, but as far as the top-name free agents that are left, uh, I don't think they're really going to be big players in that market. Uh, one of the guys that they did re-sign, and, and you mentioned it, is Charles Harris. Um, had his best year as a professional football player last year. He was on a one-year deal. And it's not like they you know, said, oh, my goodness, we're going to keep – we want you to be a part of the long term. You're going to be here five years. They gave him a two-year deal. The concern is, A, he was on a contract year. And we saw the best of Charles Harris. You had a chance to see him, be around him, uh, and get a feel for this defense. Do you think that his performance last year, seven and a half sacks, that it's a repeatable performance? I I hope so. I mean, I don't see why well, not. We all hope so. But I don't see why not though, because yeah. you look at what what help did he have last year on the defensive line? What other Romeo player was, was hurt? Trey what, was yeah, hurt. What other player was taking the the double team? You know, uh, what what other you know, pass rusher did they have that was allowing Charles Harris to get those one-on-one matchups? I mean, no, nobody, right? So if he's doing that as as the premier guy, I'd like to think that not only can he match the production, but maybe exceed that if you get in 
um, you know, an Aiden Hutchinson, if you get a Kayvon Thibodeau, if you get another edge rusher to pair with and a healthy Romeo coming back, if you get a, a guy to pair with Charles Harris to be that third down specialist, move him all over the field, I don't see why the production would drop off at all. I, I think he uh, he's really done a nice job of changing his career around. I mean, former first-round pick, I think coming into last season he had – seven total sacks yeah. you know in his career and last year alone he doubles that so uh it's been a good story man and and I think he uh I think he brings a lot as like you said that third down specialist type guy I don't know if he's not necessarily going to yeah he's not going to be your first second down every down player but uh to bring it on third down and pair with uh you know, maybe with Romeo coming back, maybe one of these young defensive ends in the draft, I think it's only going to open up more opportunities for him to make plays. Well, and we've seen, I do want to shift a little bit to the draft um, because you, we've seen Jacksonville go out and spend a whole bunch of money. They they brought in uh, Brandon Scherf uh, as, on the offensive line. They franchise-tagged uh, Cam Robinson, their left tackle. So it, the mocks leading up to you know free agency and you know the franchise tagging period had them going offensive line. They've addressed some of those concerns, and so it seems unlikely they'll go offensive lineman uh, with the first overall pick. If they go Aiden Hutchinson, and and here's where I want to go with this next topic: Marcus Williams. We all thought that he might have been a target for the Lions, uh, safety down in New Orleans, the connections that uh, that this staff had to him. He ends up going up to Baltimore, and yeah, they have Tracy Walker, but in the defensive secondary, they still need some help. Do you see, if Aiden Hutchinson isn't there, them possibly going with a Kyle Hamilton at two? Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And for the reasons you just mentioned, I mean, the fact that uh, there really didn't seem to be much interest in going after any of the safeties in the free agent market. I mean, Marcus Williams was an easy target because he's a Saints guy. I'm right. familiar with Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn. Had to be a Rams um, or Saints guy. Right, yeah. But it was. Uh, I think it was pretty obvious after. You know what? And honestly, last week when they re-signed uh, earlier this week when they re-signed Anzalone and he made a comment, somebody asked him about Marcus Williams and he said, well, you know, if Dan and uh, Brad want me to reach out, I will. That was kind of the writing on the wall for me that they weren't going to go after him because there's no rules about tampering or recruiting player to player, right? So right. I would imagine last, you know, maybe in the last couple of weeks, they would have told Anzalone, hey, he's going to be our number one target. Let's, you know, try to get him in. But the fact that Anzalone was like, well, if they ask me to, I will, kind of tells you, okay, they're probably not going that route. Um, but, yeah, that definitely, I think, opens up the, the uh, possibility of Kyle Hamilton at number two. And I know that, you know, after the combine, he what, he run a 4-5, mid-4-5s, didn't really wow a lot of people. But that dude covers a lot of space, man. You know, 6-4-2-20, uh, center fielder back in the in the middle of your defense. I mean, he he's a game changer. And you watch the film, and it's just it's a no-brainer. Now, depending on, you know, what website you look at or who you trust or, you know, all these draft scout experts out there. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, is he's been consistently ranked as one of the top three players in this, in draft. this draft. Now, yeah. I know that kind of takes a backseat when you have some premier edge rushers at the top, but he's a game changer. And I think that there's a, there's a real strong possibility that Kyle Hamilton might be the pick at two if Hutchinson is gone because 
look, I mean, we've been talking about Thibodeau for months now, and, you know, does he want to play football? Does he love football? Well, you know, he goes, shows up to the combine and runs and leaves, and still a lot of questions about him. I don't know if he's going to be that number two pick for Detroit, but Kyle Hamilton would, would definitely make a lot of sense where we sit right now. And the fact that they didn't go after anybody in free agency, um, the fact that yep. <laughs> kid's a hell of a player. I mean, I could definitely see I could definitely see him being in play it too. I, I think there's a lot of people, me included, that would love to see the Lions trade out of that number two spot and get more picks. The problem is you've got to have somebody that wants to trade up to that number two spot. And if you know, if there's somebody that's fallen in love with Kayvon Thibodeau and they think, well, maybe Houston is going to take, uh, you know, Thibodeau and we need to jump up there to, 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 to get him or the Giants, uh, they, they think they're going to uh, be in the market to, to take somebody that they want. Who can they make a deal with? And, and hopefully Detroit would be able to, to, to trade down. Um, and my question is, and I want to shift to the quarterbacks in this draft, they're there hasn't been a draft since 2013 where a quarterback one has not gone in the top 10, but has not gone in the top three. And in that draft, EJ Manuel was the only quarterback taken in the first round. He was taken at 16 by the Buffalo bills Uh, at 39 in the second round. Geno Smith um, out of West Virginia was taken by the jets. Uh, Mike Glennon, was taken out of NC State by Tampa at number 73, both, you know, first, second, third rounds. And the fourth quarterback wasn't even taken until the fourth round, and that was Matt Barkley out of USC. Could this draft, in terms of quarterback talent, be as bad as 2013 or at least in the same ballpark? Because, and and here's why I asked that question. If you look at the teams up until... You know the 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 franchise tag until the the trade of Russell Wilson, the teams that were thought to be in the possible quarterback market were uh, you know and you could say Houston maybe they're in that market. Uh, we have to wait to see what they do with Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the Giants, but they've now signed Tyrod Taylor um, uh, along with um, uh, Daniel Jones. So I don't necessarily know that they're going to be in the quarterback market at five and seven. Carolina. Uh, but they're hot after Deshaun Watson. Denver, who was at nine, they obviously made the trade for Russell Wilson. So Seattle, I could see being the only team in the top 10 that would possibly be drafting a quarterback. But then you go even further, Washington, they traded for Carson Wentz uh, at 11, 12. Uh, you know, Minnesota re-upped Kurt Cousins. Cleveland, you know, they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And if not, they still have Baker Mayfield. Uh, you go right down the list, Pittsburgh, they go with Mitch Trubisky. I, it's an indication of to me that the NFL does not think a lot of this quarterback class. And we didn't think there was a lot of top-end talent, but you might – I think at max, you see two quarterbacks taken in, in, in the first round. Yeah, you could. And here's the thing, though. Just because there aren't any – well, we'll have to wait and see, but – the perception is there aren't any great quarterbacks doesn't mean there aren't some good ones, right? right. And I don't think you have to be... But do you want to take just a good quarterback in the first no, round? No, but, well, I mean, good quarterbacks can still win you, you know, <laughs> Ryan Nine, 10, 11 games in the, in, the, in the NFL. I mean, you know, you're probably not going to... I mean, well, I mean, let's be realistic, though. You can go back recently and look at 
you know, Patrick Mahomes wasn't really that guy coming out of college. I mean, the Chiefs, when they took him at 11 or 12 or whatever it was, was kind of a head-scratcher at the moment. I mean, I remember a lot of people, okay, he's got talent, but, you know, we don't really know. Um, same with, um, you know, Buffalo with Josh Allen. I mean, you know, what his passing, his career completion percentage in college was like in the 50s, yeah. right? He wasn't a known commodity. I mean, he was kind of uh, taking a chance on a guy, right, hoping it works out. Those, those type of guys happen every single year. Now, do I think there's – would I put money on any of these quarterbacks doing that? Yeah. Probably not, but there's going to be one guy that surprises you. And if I had to take the pick, I mean, a guy that's been getting a lot of hype, and I know he played at Liberty, which you're not playing against a ton of yeah. super competition, but Malik, Will- Malik Willis is, has been a guy that's been really kind of climbing up the draft boards, I think, in the past month after the Senior Bowl and, and really after the Combine um, as being a guy that it seems like a lot of people are doing an uh, extra work kind of digging into him a little bit to see if he can be that surprise-type player. And, you know, who thought that, you know, Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago at, at pick 32 you know, last pick of the first round was going to turn out to be anything, right? I, I mean, there were a lot of questions about taking him as well. So there's always there's always going to be those guys. There's probably going to be a quarterback this year that everybody's saying, hey, okay, these guys are good, maybe average, we don't think it's great. There's going to be one of them that probably turns out to be a damn good quarterback. Now, so, which one is that going to be? I don't think anybody knows, but you're right. Do you take a chance? Do you see any teams in the top 10 taking a chance on any of those guys? Um I mean, if I had to pick one, I would say maybe, maybe Houston, maybe Houston at three, um, only because, look, Deshaun Watson's not going to be their quarterback. Right. Um, Is Davis Mills going to be the guy that you want to build your franchise around? I mean, probably not, but it all depends on how comfortable they are. And I think that, you know, Malik Willis would be probably a surprise if he went that high. Um but it wouldn't be a surprise to ter- watch, see him maybe turn into a, uh, a really, really good quarterback at the NFL level. Um, but the fact that there's no clear-cut number one guy, the fact that there's no uh, top three quarterbacks projected in the top five picks, yes, it is a weird year. <laughs> That's so, the first time we've, see- we- we've seen that in a long time. Well, I-, I went a really long way to get to this point, though, and that is at the number two position for the Lions. If their ideal scenario is to trade back, is there a player in this draft? If if Hutch goes one to Jacksonville, is there a player that you think would warrant somebody jumping up to number two that, that just, hey, I got to get up there, that anybody wants to trade up for? I'm, for me, no. Right, but I mean, all it takes so is one. But all it takes is one team to absolutely fall in love with Kayvon Thibodeau. All it does, all it takes is one team to absolutely fall in love with Malik Willis and say we don't want to take the chance that yeah. Houston takes him at three. Let's move up to two and get the guy. For me, no, I don't think there is one of those guys because you look at and even you could say the first pick. I mean, I know Hutchinson's name is getting thrown out there a little bit more, right. and that's how it's leaning that he's going to end up going to Jacksonville, but. Really, with the top 10 slash 15 guys, like, I don't know if there's a clear-cut number one guy that everybody's looking at saying, this is going to be the stud of this class. This is going to be, you know, the future Hall of Fame type guy. I think all these players in the top 15, probably top 20, are really, really good players, which is why... 
you we think a, a lot alike when we say we'd love to move back down because you even if you move back down to nine or ten, you're still going to get a really really good player that is probably going to have the same impact as the guy you took at two. So I, I don't think there's a guy sitting there at two that teams are going to trade up for. Um, I hope. I hope it happens. I mean, I would yeah. love for the Lions to, you know, pick up, uh, you know, the 10th pick and pick up an extra second round or whatever it is or pick up another f- future first rounder, you know, next year. I'd love to just keep adding, you know, stockpiling picks, but I just don't know if there's anybody there and I don't know if there's any teams that are going to mo- feel like they have to move up that high. I, I think if, if you see a trade, if you see a guy start to fall a little bit, maybe a team can swap out with, you know, five or six with New York or Carolina and still pick up a really good player. Um, But to move up to two, teams are going to have to give up a lot of draft capital. And I just don't know if there's that guy at two that warrants giving up, you know, two first-round picks or a future first-round pick to move up to get. I I think there's still going to be a really – a boatload of talent sitting there uh, the rest of the the top 15 of, of the draft. We were talking about teams that need a quarterback. There's one that needs to unload a quarterback. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. He's not going to be playing in Houston anymore. I think we can all agree that he's taken his last snaps there. They He has approved um, through his no-trade clause. There are four teams that he would approve a trade to, um, and they have all come to Houston and presented their trade offers. Uh, Houston has accepted those trade offers, so they're allowing Deshaun Watson to talk to four teams. That is the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Atlanta Falcons. Where does he end up? Give me that list one more time. I know it's growing every day. It's uh, Well, it's the Saints, the Panthers, the Browns, and the Falcons. Yeah, Falcons were kind of a uh, sleeper team that just jumped in there in the yeah. last couple uh, last couple days. Um, gosh, I think the Saints might make most sense. Um, I don't know if Cleveland really makes any sense for him, uh, other than the fact that uh, they have a good offensive line. Uh, they've got a pretty good defense, but are uh, they the team that might are you be really going with? I mean, built to win first. Out of those four, because New well, Orleans in is, their division. I mean, yeah, I mean it's pretty well. You look at Cincinnati and Baltimore are still going to be powerhouses in that division. Pittsburgh's probably going to have a step back, obviously yeah. with the quarterback change. But um, well, they they did trade, didn't they? Trade were they the team that traded for Mari Cooper? They traded the fifth round pick, something like that. Uh, Was yeah, it Cleveland? Cleveland, right? Yeah. So I guess they they starting to uh, you know revamp the wide receiver corp a little yeah. bit, but they also released. Uh, you know Jarvis Landry, so. right? Yes, um, but I don't know. I mean, Cleveland just—it uh, makes sense on paper, but do you really want to go to Cleveland? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the mistake on the Lake. Watson. You really want to go to the armpit of the Midwest? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's, it's definitely it's different kinda, than Houston. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. Um, look, I think Atlanta might make a lot of sense with Matt Ryan getting up there in age and. Um, starting to drop off production wise, and, and you know having Kyle Pitts, um, yeah, used to well, not going to have him for a year, but Calvin Ridley is going to have to sit <laughs> yes. out for a while. But yeah. uh, Atlanta, Atlanta's a team that might make sense. Um, he is from Georgia. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a Southern guy. Um, I you know what if if you held held my feet to the fire and I had to pick one of those teams though, it would probably be. 
gosh, it would probably be the Saints. And I don't know why, but yeah. just the fact that the Saints are always competitive. They're probably playing, um, well, I mean, you have Tampa, but Carolina you got for two games. Um, you know, it, it's not the toughest division. Um, so I think that could be a team that he could probably revamp uh, quickly. Yeah. Um, with it with with the, his addition, but I don't know. It's going to be weird. I just Cleveland makes well Cleveland makes sense because uh, here I'm talking myself into Cleveland because <laughs> yeah, I, I'm enjoying well, this. <laughs> you know when when it, when the report for, reports first came out, I mean he was obviously had his teams kind of narrowed down and he had his. Um, you know, well, I'm looking for a team that has, you know, X, Y, and Z. And one of them was, you know, one team with a good offensive line. Cleveland checks that box. Um, Although they just let J.C. Treader go. Yeah, right. Center position isn't the hardest to fill, you know, (laughs) in the NFL. I mean, look, you got guards next to you, you got sideboards. You can plug in a rookie and and have success. Says the guy that Um, played with sideboards his whole career. (laughs) But, and and I think number two on Deshaun Watson's list was, you know, you want a team with a, with a good defense and Cleveland checks that box too. So man, I I think I just changed my mind. I think Cleveland might make the most (laughs) sense. It's amazing what five minutes makes. I know. I think it just kind of fits what, what he wants. And it probably makes it more enticing now the fact that they do have Amari Cooper, yeah. right? If you if you're sitting there without Odell, you're sitting there without Getting Jarvis Landry. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, what am I going to go up there? For? Yeah, we got a great offensive line, but you know, who am I going to throw the ball to? And they've got obviously Nick Chubb, who's one of the best running backs in the league. So I actually uh, retract my previous statement. Maybe we can edit that out, and I'll say maybe Cleveland does make more sense. Uh, well, it'll be interesting because uh, as we record this, we mentioned about the legal tampering. We're we're still waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson because a number of dominoes will fall after he decides where he wants to go and they consummate the trade. But free agency will continue. Uh, I never went through the free agent market. I always, you know, re you know restructured a contract, upped my years uh, in Washington until they finally said, we don't want you anymore, and they just cut me. Uh, but for you, you went through free agency. What was that experience like? Overwhelming, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, I, I didn't go through it after my first contract. I signed an extension with Green Bay, uh, you know, that training camp that I was heading into a free agent year. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have to go through it as a young player. Um, but going through it after my eighth year was uh, it was it was a bit overwhelming for me. You know, I, I just the whole process of um, you know, and I know that we call this the legal tampering period, but you know, the tampering period really starts at the combine. That's when a lot of these agents are down there meeting with teams, feeling out the market. Hey, who's going to be a player for uh, you know? this guy that I have is going to be a free agent. Let me go meet with these teams and try to, you know, feel out the market a little bit. That's why when the legal tampering period opens at noon on Monday, there's like five deals that are already announced at 1201, right? We've agreed to kind wow, that took, you know, one minute. Wow. You know, because the teams already have this hashed out. But for me, it was a little bit different because I was um, coming off of uh, hip surgery um, after the 2016 season, um, I didn't, uh, you know, there was a couple other guards in the dra- in the, in the free agent class that I knew I wanted to see go first just to see the contract and try to feel out the market a little bit. 
but for me, it wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't have any deals in place. I knew what the market was going to be. I knew which teams were going to be interested, but I didn't have any deals in place because teams wanted to, um, you know, get me in the building, get me in the facility to take a physical look at my hip, make sure surgery went well. And, you know, that for me was understandable, but honestly, I just wanted everything to be done with. And there were probably five or six teams that were interested, you know, when I was coming out, I kind of narrowed the list down to three of them. And obviously Detroit being one, Green Bay being two, and then Seattle, I took a visit out there as well. Um, But for me, it was, you just have to, I mean, it's so much to think about, right? Especially when you're a 29-year-old player, you've already played eight seasons. At the time, I had two kids. I had to take a lot of that into effect. Mm -hmm. How is this going to affect my family? Do I... Do I want to move out to Seattle? Can we handle, you know, the four and a half plane ride if we need to come home back to Michigan? Um, you have to th- start thinking about a lot of those. What, what are the schools like? Uh, you know, where am I going to live? All those things play into a, play into account. And for me, it was just, uh, you know, by the time I woke up on that, I think it was a Thursday and made my decision. I was so exhausted. Yeah. I was so exhausted just going back and forth. And, well, you know, the Green Bay said this. Well, Seattle came back with this. Well, Detroit said this. And it was just like, dude, like I finally I told my agent, I said I was getting on a plane. I came to Seattle first. Or I'm sorry, I came to Detroit first, took a visit, did the physical, flew out to Seattle, stayed out there for a couple of days, took the physical, met with coaches. By the time I left Seattle, I was getting on a plane. It was probably midnight. And I called my agent, and I was just so not frustrated, but just exhausted. Yeah. And I told him, I said, tell, tell each team to get their final offer in tonight because tomorrow morning <laughs> I'm making my decision. Yeah. I want to go home. I want to sleep in my own bed. I, I you know, I want to get more than two hours of sleep. And tomorrow when I wake up, I want to make a decision. So that was kind of it for me. And then when I woke up the next morning, okay, well, Detroit offering this, Seattle, this green Bay, this, and, um, Seattle offered Seattle was probably the better contract, but honestly, yeah. I just couldn't see myself moving out to the West Coast at that point in my life. And it hurt because I really had a good relationship with uh, John Schneider, who's a GM out in Seattle, and he was in Green Bay with me for a couple of years mm-hmm. and um, always considered him a friend. But And he asked me, you know, what could we, what, what could we have done different? And I was honestly like, no, nah. I was like, yeah, be two hours closer to home. I'm like, that's it, man. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you guys are going to offer me. When I just, it became clear that I just, you know, yeah. I didn't want to move out there. And coming home made sense. Um, I knew I, you know, I wanted to play another three or four years, but injuries kind of limited me there. But coming home just made sense. I knew this is where I, go, I was going to live when I retired. Um, and, you know, I really felt like when I came back to Detroit that we were going to have a chance to, kind of turn it around a little bit obviously playing against them when I was in Green Bay you kind of feel out what kind of team they have where they're headed what the potential is and uh, during that season 2017 I was like you know I I want to be a part of maybe turning this thing around and we obviously didn't do that but the free agency aspect of it was I'll put it this way I was excited for um, you know a new chapter to start but I was so like just excited when it ended (laughs) when it was just like let me sign the damn papers and get ready to play football right because I just I hated the business side of it I hated the contract talks I hated you know hurt you know hurting somebody else's feelings or team telling me they don't want like it just like it makes you kind of feel like it makes you feel like that you're making somebody else feel like and I didn't really enjoy that part of it so I was glad uh I wouldn't have done anything different but I was glad when I signed that contract, I was glad it was over because it was very, 
it was very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I can to, imagine. To put it in one word, it was overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, the only time I, you know, was in that position to to make a decision was after I was released by the Washington Redskins was you know, where did I basically want to end my career? And I had offers from, you know, a couple of different places, you know, one-year deals. I was at that point where it was going to be one year here, one year there. And I thought, you know what, all I want to do is if the Lions are interested, I want to see what what their gauge their level of interest. I could go home. I could, you know, be close to family, uh, be close to back to, you know, my home, which is, is, you know, near Ann Arbor. Um, And... I also wanted to be able to play against the Washington football team, and they were on the schedule for the Lions. So it was a simple decision for me, um, you know, at the end of my career. But I didn't really ever have that experience. I do want to ask you before we finish up the drama surrounding NFL quarterbacks. We saw Kyler Murray. We've heard a lot of uh, from your boy Aaron Rodgers, um, and you know, it's it. Last year, it was. Um, you know, uh, Russell Wilson um, creating some drama out in Seattle. We know that he's now in Denver. But Baker Mayfield, now I don't know if this is necessarily creating drama or just a preemptive strike. He came out yesterday with it's kind of a like farewell love. A very love, emotional, <laughs> I love you, Cleveland. Uh, it's been great. I'll see you in the future yeah. um, type of message. Um, if Baker Mayfield is no longer in Cleveland, they're moving on from him because this is his fifth year. They did pick up his fifth year option. It is fully guaranteed. But if they if they end up moving him somewhere, where's a good fit for Baker Mayfield? And where does he rank in regards to, I don't necessarily want to say AFC quarterbacks because you get some great quarterbacks in the AFC, but NFC quarterbacks? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's a very... Oh, kind of hard to figure I, out. I, yeah, because he's been just very average, you know, and has he had flashes of, of you know, good to great quarterback play? Sure, but there's no consistency there. Mm-hmm. And I know he battled some injuries last year and whatnot, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's it kind of feels like, and I don't want to, maybe not as extreme, but his trajectory kind of feels like a <laughs> you're gonna laugh. Kind of feels like a Mitchell Trubisky type esque trajectory, right? And and because Trubisky he's destined was to be actually, a number two, that's what it feels like. It just or maybe be a a, a higher you know turn gun. into a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick type where you're just kind of bouncing around him. I, I don't know. I mean because. You just look at Baker, and it's like, man, he makes some really good plays, and then you watch him, and it's just like, dude, this is a freaking dumpster fire. Like, what is he doing out there? And you just can't you can't consistently win with that type of quarterback play. He just hasn't shown, at least for me, that he's a franchise-type guy. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be any other teams that really view him as a franchise-type guy. Um, there, I don't think there's really one team that sticks out right now that I would say, oh, it makes sense, get him in there. You know, and 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 he'll succeed because look, if you can't, if you can't have good quarterback play with you know one of the league's best offensive line and one of the league's best running games. Yeah, and I mean, talented receiver. You're not going to go somewhere else with lesser, uh, you know, playmakers and somehow come out a better player. So I, th- I mean, it, and I'm not trying to you know troll or make fun of him or anything, but it just kind of it it just feels like 
Trubisky-esque, where Trubisky won you some games. I mean, he had actually a pretty good uh, you know, record when he was playing in Chicago. Uh, yeah. He took him to the playoffs twice. Um, it's kind of always wanted same to as Baker Mayfield type. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if if that's going to be um, you know the trajectory of his career where he might have to go you know be a number two and then uh, you know if a if a really no likes to be a quarterback two. needy team needs him you know maybe they take a shot at him with a short one two year type deal but um, it's just kind of weird man it's kind of weird and and even you know there's reports that. You know, Cleveland, even if they don't end up getting Deshaun Watson, they can still move on from Baker. So we'll see so, what happens. But yeah. it, 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 it just definitely looks like he might he might be on the market soon, whether it's via trade or whether it's, you know, a team taking a chance on him uh, on a one-year type deal. So here's a question for you. It, obviously, if it's a Deshaun Watson trade, uh, he ends up in Houston. Um, I think that is, uh, you know, that's option number one. Option number two, if they if they don't win the the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson and they still move him, what would you, uh, what would you think of him in Indianapolis? Because they're a team that's looking for a quarterback. They're with with some starting experience. They are a team that doesn't have a lot to offer in regards to you know, trade collateral, but I don't know that Baker Mayfield requires a whole lot of, of trade collateral. Like they yeah. don't have a first round to offer, Yeah, but they could offer maybe, uh, is he worth a second? Is he, wor- I mean, is, is, is his ceiling for, in terms of what you're going to get back in, in a trade, a three? I would probably say it's more towards three than it is one. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. You I mean, know? I don't think anybody thinks he, you'd give up a one <laughs> yeah. for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Or even, you know, a high two. I don't know if he's worth, um, because look, if you're a team with a high two, why, why would you rather trade it for Baker Mayfield? Who's getting paid a lot of, you know, he's coming on the fifth year deal or, or you know, would you rather take one of these rookies? That's probably going to be there. Um, you know, yeah, I, but I, if I'm you're a sure. team that's built to win now, you, you might, Take yeah. a, a risk on a guy that has at least some experience. I just with the Colts, I, I don't see it being any better than what it was with Carson Wentz. Um, right, but I mean it's worse now. They don't have Carson Wentz. Yeah, they don't have a starting quarterback. But is Baker Mayfield the missing piece that's going to take? No, the Colts I don't think anybody's. I don't think anybody's going to look at that. But who <laughs> right. else do they go with? Yeah, I mean. That's a good question. I, I mean, mean there's still Jameis Winston. They could sign him, uh, who's probably in that Fitzmagic type of of you know. Uh, category right now where yeah. it's going to be a team here, a team there. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's off the board. They, he's in he's in Pittsburgh. Um, so I don't necessarily know who they end up going with. I don't know. I, I think the Colts might be one of those uh, teams that could potentially be looking at. Um, well, they don't have a first round pick, do they? But maybe no. in the second, maybe looking at one of those young quarterbacks. But no, I think for Baker, look, I think it's going to be. Probably he's he's going to have to be on a prove it type deal um, before he gets you know that elusive big second contract because if I was Cleveland, uh, what quarterbacks getting paid now? You know, thirty million is average <laughs> for what these guys are getting. Would you want to give Baker you know a, a thirty five forty million dollar contract? I sure wouldn't. Um, so no, I I, I just uh, look I, I don't see him being that type of franchise guy. It, there's just not enough consistency with him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously somebody will probably take a chance on him 
you know, on a one-year type deal. I know, is this going to be his fifth year this already? This is his fifth year already. Yep. Gosh, man, where's time going? Um, but yeah, I think he's probably going to have to play that out and prove whatever team he's playing on that he's capable of being a, a long-term starter, a franchise-type guy, because quite, quite honest, I mean, I don't know if you disagree with me, he just hasn't really been that type of guy. No. He's been he's been very average. And you don't pay average quarterbacks, you know, thirty five, forty million dollars. I mean, that's just how you end up in uh <laughs> you, you know, cap hell uh, yeah. moving forward. So uh but I, do I think he's a terrible quarterback? No, I don't. I mean, he, he's not awful. Um he can get you through and win you some games, but to be a big-time quarterback in this league, he's going to have to be a lot better. Well, we're going to start shifting our focus a little bit. We're 43 days away from the NFL draft. We're less than a month away from opening day at Comerica. Uh, the NHL trade deadline is coming up on Monday. So next week we'll get a chance to talk a little bit more uh, other Detroit sports other than just the draft. So stay tuned here for, uh, for TJ's breakdown of what happens uh, with the Red Wings, uh, we'll talk about the, the 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 Tigers as well. Right here, unnecessary roughness.